0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Happy
1: Hour at Bland. I'm Ashley, and I'm Kaylee. And welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Yes, we're happy to be back. Yeah. So, to our quote of positivity yes, for something, the week.
0: Yeah, something new that we're going to be trying out.
1: Mm-hmm. So we will take turns. This week was my yes. turn, and so the quote that I came up with is: "The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing." And that was from Walt Disney. That's a good one. Yeah. I just think, how many good ideas turn into nothing? Right. You, you know? got to act on them. You or do. Or they're not going to happen. You have to. And it makes me think of our podcast. And we oh, man. talked about this for a while before we actually kind of bucked up. and I know. We just got to do it. Yeah.
0: That's all we had to do. And as soon as we did it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's out. It's oh, out.
1: Exactly. So to you, our friends that have dreams, passions, ideas. We wish you the best, take mm-hmm. the action, do the research, set the meeting, whatever it takes to get the ball rolling. And just do it. Yep. Exactly. So in this week's episode, we're discussing one of our firm's niches, long-term care. And there's no better person to discuss this with than Bob Dick. <laughs> See?
0: <laughs> okay, here we go.
1: And there's no better person to discuss this with than Bob Dick, a director at the firm. Yes. Hi Bob, how are you? Good morning. Good. So Bob joined the firm about four and a half years ago and he brought this expertise to Bland. So Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I have been working in health care since nineteen ninety three. I've been doing this for my thirty second tax season.
0: So it's Wow. Thirty two? Thirty-two.
2: Lo- longer than most people have been alive <laughs> Yeah, in we're okay. Po- hey, I say
0: we made it over that <laughs> <Yeah>. this time. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. Yes. Oh, my goodness.
2: So I've worked, or I own my own firm for 18 years and made the big, great change about four and a half years ago.
0: We're happy to have you. Yep. And all the decorations in your office. All the decorations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I
2: collect Indian artifacts.
0: Yes. Yes. They are pretty cool, though. Yeah,
1: they are neat. I mean, Go ahead. Oh, so I was just going to say, Bob almost escaped our random question that we have for our guest because he already disclosed oh, yes. the collecting of Indian artifacts. But
0: what's your favorite artifact that you have in your office right now?
2: My favorite favorite artifact would be my authority stick. And back in the day when all the different Indian tribes got together and had meetings and powwows. The one that was in charge wasn't the man with the biggest headdress, but it was the man with the authority stick.
0: Is it a real stick?
2: It's a real stick. It has a buffalo horn at the top and has some deer deer
0: toenails. Okay, and this is interesting. I'm going to have to see this next feathers. time. <laughs> so it's, it's very fun. Not to be confused with like a rain stick. Does it make noise? No, it does not make okay. noise. But whoever's holding it, do they get to talk? Is that, Do you guys do your yes. meetings like that?
2: <laughs> no, Wait, Kaylee's no. always
0: in charge of our meetings. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> but
1: I do like that idea. Oh,
0: my goodness. That's funny. <laughs> okay, so
1: our random question from ConversationStartersWorld.com. Got to give them a shout-out oh, because so that's where all the questions come from. So Bob grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas. And, Bob, what is special about Hutchinson, Kansas?
2: Well, there are a couple of things, actually. The Community College Basketball Tournament has been there every year in the month of March or February, probably March, since, I think, the 60s. And so I have a lot of autographs from some very important, Mm. very important, well-known players like North, Nolan Richardson, Bob McAdoo. It Mm. also has the salt mines. The Cary Salt Mine is there in Hutchinson. So most of underneath of Hutchinson is tunnels from Mm. the – mining salt and we also have the can kansas- you
0: excuse me can you tour those? yes okay. yep
2: it didn't they didn't allow tours when i was there but okay now they do cool. and the one of the, probably the most important is the kansas uh, where we actually have all of the nasa and from all the nasa outfits so like neil armstrong and all oh. the, the very first russian american all of the astronomy, I guess, type of things were all in Hutchinson, Kansas.
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you get back there very often? you still have family there? Yes, my parents. Okay, cool. How far of a drive is that from here? Five hours. Oh,
1: okay. And this is a fun fact about yes. Bob. Whenever <laughs> Bob and I travel to Kansas, mm-hmm. when we cross the state line, Bob always has to let out a couple honks. Oh, my goodness,
0: that's <laughs> awesome.
2: I'm going to and from the land of Oz.
1: Oh, uh
0: wizard of oz yep nice mm-hmm. okay do they have anything there with that has to do with the wizard of oz Any museums Not in Hutchinson. oh okay sorry just kidding no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all, right. all right well good well let's go ahead and dive in okay
0: all right so we have a couple questions for you bob just to help um everyone learn more about long-term care i guess the first one would be like what is long-term care
2: Long-term care in, in a nutshell is when you think as your parents, grandparents, as you get older and they can no longer take care of themselves in the home for whatever reason, they have to have a place to be taken care of. And sometimes it's, it's necessary. It could be as simple as medications that mom or dad are forgetful and can't remember to take medications or they can't get dressed or eat by themselves. And so they would typically get admitted to a nursing facility.
0: Okay. Um, And then how did you get started serving the senior living community clientele?
2: Well, back in 1993, I joined a firm that provided services to a small nursing home chain. And after about three years, in about the mid to late 90s, I just felt that there was a, I'm kind of a, not a total visionary, but I kind of look out into the future a lot. And I just felt that there was a big, huge need for consulting services over and above the traditional accounting services, financial statements, and taxes. So I just decided it was something I could create that was my own, and so I dove in 100%. I read, researched, attended conferences, education sessions, and a lot of times those had nothing to do with accountants. So most accountants would never have done what I did, honestly. it's mm-hmm. I went to clinical and, and just understanding the operations oh. because I – MDS is like you evaluate a resident and you know, whether they need help dressing or eating. And I sat on, it was very boring mm-hmm. for me as an accountant, but I sat there and listened and learned because I just feel as a consultant, it's more important to understand the total operations and not just the for sure. numbers.
0: For sure. So I'm, I don't know if everyone understands and I know it, um, being in marketing and trying to promote the long-term care niche, mm-hmm. if you could maybe in a sentence or two, like, when I think of long-term care, I think of, like, the nursing homes and um, the facilities, and but when long-term care at Bland is a little different because um, you're more working with the um, the nursing home facilities versus, like, the clients that they have inside those. So when you the work residents. with them, so how can people understand in, a, in layman's terms the work that you guys do in long-term care? Mm-hmm. Either one of you, can you answer that?
2: Well, I think – a- when you go to a nursing facility, for example, right now in the Nebraska area, it's gonna cost you anywhere from four to six thousand dollars a month. And so how they voice track that is based upon what they call a per patient day calculation. So for example, if someone spends fifty thousand dollars, if a facility spends fifty thousand dollars a day on food and they have five thousand residents, you would divide the fifty thousand dollars by five thousand days, which uh-huh. is a resident in a in the bed, and that gets what you call a per patient day. And so Medicaid and Medicare which comprises probably 85% of a nursing facility's revenue they get paid a per patient day rate mm-hmm. just like the $6,000 a year or $6,000 a month is really $200 a day times 30 days. Okay. So that's just telling you that a nursing facility spends 190, $195 a day to take care of mom and dad and grandpa okay. and grandma. And so the difference between the actual cost and the private pay rate of two hundred is is the profit margin. And wow. so that's how we got into the consulting side. Is a lot of nursing homes, just like a lot of businesses, they don't they fail because they're not really able to manage those costs. And so that's what the biggest attribute that we have at our firm at Blandon Associates is to help them identify what their true costs are.
1: So and you kind of just talked about it a little bit. Bob is is consulting and helping our provider clients. Manage those margins, are there other reasons why you think consulting is important for our clients?
2: Yes, absolutely. Especially here in the Midwest and Nebraska and Kansas and Iowa and Missouri, is that the the rural settings, like most people know, the the rural communities in a lot of states are just getting fewer and far between. and there's a huge labor shortage. We hear about that all the time across the nation. But especially in the rural settings, again, like Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, it's, it's getting really hard to find qualified, good RNs, LPNs, nurses, and even just other types of people. So it's really important for their viability and success is for them to understand that they're spending $200 a day, but they're, they're only getting hundred, receiving $180 a day. Medicaid, across the United States, Medicaid has a shortfall of about $20 a day. So in other words, on average... In Nebraska, a nursing home might be spending $220 a day, but they're only receiving $200 a day. And so it's becoming more and more prevalent that the, the margins are becoming very thin. In a nursing home nationwide, the margins are about 1%. And so you really it's really important to have consultants like our firm to be able to help you manage those thin margins. Because you can make money. There is opportunity out there, but you just have to do it right.
0: So, okay, to add to that, what types of consulting do you provide?
2: Well, I think some of, again, we provide the traditional financial statement and tax services, but I think some of the the things that separate us from our competitors from a consulting standpoint is that we provide benchmarking reports such as, again, nursing homes operate on what they call a per-patient day basis. And so what we do is try to compare their month, monthly activity plus or year to date activity against their budget or use them as benchmarks comparing them to people their competitors in the local area or facilities of similar size in other words there are nursing homes out there that range anywhere from 30 to 180 beds and so depending upon just the scalability of things that if you have a activities director overseeing 180 people you can spread that cost a lot over the 180 versus you can over 30, so we really spent a lot of time with that, and a lot of people are aware that out there on CMS, which is the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, there is a website called Nursing Home Compare that you can go to. So if you're trying to place mom or dad into a nursing home, then you can go online and see how they're doing on their inspections. In other words, uh, are they taking care of their people properly? There's a labor activity, so. A lot of people com- complain about mom never has anyone come into a room. There aren't enough nurses. And so all that data is provided by CMS in a summary form. And so what we do is we download that every single month, and we provide that information to be able to summarize for our providers and compare them so they know how they're operating compared to other people because... You know, my aunt went on that line to find a placement for my grandpa many years ago. Mm -hmm. So we help them make sure that that data is accurate.
1: So, Bob, you talked a little bit about it in terms of the rural versus the urban setting for nursing facilities and labor shortages. Can you talk a little bit about the trends that you've seen this last year or two in long-term care?
2: Yes, definitely. I, I think that, like I indicated, the margins in the long-term care industry are very thin. And when Medicare and Medicaid rates are set by the government, in other words, if you're owning an electric company, you can charge $50 an hour, $80 an hour. You have the ability to charge whatever you wanted on an hourly basis. But in the long-term care industry, you're fixed and for the most part. So it's just really important that you can – the trend is that because those margins are so thin – the facilities used to be owned by law mom pops. Just basically people were in X-town of Kansas or X town of Nebraska. Someone decided to take care of their community and opened up a facility. But what you're seeing now are people that have three or more nursing homes in that if you just have one nursing home, it's just getting to be almost too difficult to to manage things because things are so expensive. You can't I look at it, I explain it the best way I explain it is there's a reason people go to SAMS and Costco. Because if you own three facilities or 10 facilities, it's much easier to go and get discounts on bulk purchasing and discounts from vendors when they know it's more than just one. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the trends is that we're seeing more and more s- single mama pop owners go away and being bought out or, or, or selling to smaller nursing home chains.
0: That's actually really kind of sad. I know. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see providers make? Mm-hmm.
2: I think the biggest mistake that I see from providers is that they, they are not proactive and in a lot of times they are not even reactive. And again, the nursing home operates on a per patient day basis. So let's say that, for example, we have a nursing home that has a census of 50 people. So the owner administrator will budget all of their costs, thinking that they're going to have 50 people in there for the entire year. But what happens is that People die. It's just part of harming human nature. We just had a client a couple months ago. They had they lost six people within like two weeks. So what happens is that their budget set a year ago or eight months ago, and so they don't look at trying to adjust those costs. The simplest example I use all the time is that if your budget says that you need to spend eight thousand dollars a week for food, but that's budgeting on sixty people, and now you have fifty-four people for four four months in a row. A lot of providers don't ever go back and say you can no longer spend $6,000 a week. You can only now spend $4,500 a week on a weekly basis to compensate for not that people. Because what ends up happening is they still spend $6,000. And just like a lot of our homes and refrigerator, you end up throwing the leftovers away. Uh You throw the excess away. And it's the same thing in the nursing home, but it's on such a large scale that that could amount to tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Of cost, So the biggest thing, that's the biggest mistake I think people have. And that's the purpose and the beauty of the benchmarking reports that we created is because typically in the states around here, it's about $8 a day for food. So we can help them identify right away that their census has dropped down so much that their food costs are $10 a day. So we can help them get that in line proactively as much as possible.
1: So, Bob, when is it important for a provider to contact their accountant? And you just mentioned an example where a facility reached reached out and said, we lost six people in two weeks. Is that a good time, and are there other good times or um, important times that a provider should reach out?
2: Yeah, that's a double-edged sword, I think. I think sometimes people in, in our profession as a CPA firm, it's, okay, we're going to wait for the client to reach out to us. And and at Blander & Associates, we try very hard to be proactive. And the cost reports are basically the information the providers, nursing facilities provide the federal and state governments, are public information. So we spend a lot of time going out there and identifying that information. And so really it comes down to owners, if it's current owners or potential future owners, they really need to identify upfront before they make the purchase or before they sell the facility to go in and evaluate, reach out to us or some other consultant and just find out where are we going wrong because it's a lot of times people are proactive. it's not like tax. too many business owners think of it as tax. okay, we're going to wait till year and we're going to give our tax guy the information, say hello, get your tax bill and say goodbye and be done and the healthcare industry, the landscape is changing too much, too fast, too often. And the federal government just issued rates, Medicare rates, October 1st, and they're already talking about possibly having to make changes because of what they're seeing in three months. Mm. And so it's really important that that you need to stay active with your accountants. And, and we as accountants need to make sure we're proactive with our clients to reach out to let them know, you know, is there something we can do or something we should evaluate for them?
0: Ideally, how many times during the year do you like to, you know, work with or meet up with your clients?
2: We try to have a contact. That the idea would be at least a quarterly basis. Some clients, we do these monthly benchmarking reports, so we're with them on, oh, a, on a monthly basis. And so it really just depends upon the client. But we, our healthcare team at Blandin Associates, we try to, every three months, for the clients that really want our help, some just choose not to, and that's Mm -hmm. fine. But it's just important to kind of do what the client wants. But sometimes we'll reach out even when the clients don't really want us to or ask us to, but it's important for their survivability. And so we'll just try to be proactive and at least let them know.
1: Yeah, I bet Mm -hmm. that's really helpful for them. Yeah, I think so. I think it allows us to better serve them. The more we know about them and what challenges they're facing, the better we can help equip them for the future. Right.
0: They're not used to, you know, reaching out so many times a year and you guys are reaching out. Maybe you don't think they want you to, but you reaching out actually is helpful for them. Mm -hmm.
1: Bob, thank you so much for coming out today and informing us on the long-term care industry. I think what Bob shared today hopefully helps our listeners understand who we serve when we're talking about senior living and long-term care and, and how we serve them. So, yes.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yes. Anything you'd like to add before we end this?
2: I I just think that it's just really important for providers in in the rural communities in particular that they make sure that they reach out to accountants or consultants to, if they're struggling, losing money on a monthly basis, because the, the communities need to be taken care of. And it's just really important, especially in the rural, that a lot of jobs, a lot of employment, lots of economy at stake. So it's just really important to Find the right resources.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That was a good ending. I yeah. thought he was going to say go K State or go Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Added Did you want to add that? Add that?
2: <laughs> no, not today. You'll
0: refrain.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Well, if you enjoyed the podcast today, please visit our website at www.blancpa.com and leave us a note. If you could also rate and review the podcast on whichever app you use to access the podcast, we'd truly appreciate
1: it. Great. So friends, with that, be informed, be inspired, and be awesome. Bye!
2: A part media, production.